Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. It is 2024. Holy cow. For those of you my age and older, I feel like the ringing in of the millennium was yesterday and a million years all at the same time. And it is quite crazy to me um, just how fast time goes. I have been mulling over what I wanted to share as we start this new year together and listening to mentors and other voices that weigh into my life over the last few days, I'm going to bring you what I believe 2024 uh, has in store for us. I've spent some time with the Lord, um, and though we see in part and know in part, it takes all of us to have a big picture, I want to share with you my piece. And my piece is exciting. I'm excited for this year. I believe that we are going to experience a move of God that that the world has never seen yet, um, and that God has us in a preparatory position right now. Um, a leader that I highly respect has called this a divine halftime. That is similar to the word that I have been getting from uh, God as well. And I think it's just really interesting to to use that as a picture that, um, if you will, consider the last three years as the first half of, of a game, and now we are in a divine halftime with the coach, having an opportunity to assess and um, align, take responsibility for the things that we could have done better, take responsibility for the things that we need to continue pressing into, and ultimately prepare to get out on the court and bring in a victory. That's where I feel that we're at. I think that um, this preparatory slash halftime phase is going to last for... um, if I were to guess based on just my pure Lindsay instincts, I'm going to go for like Valentine's Day. So we'll shoot for that being around 40 days. Why is this exciting? Um, I know we've talked about Philippians 4.13 in the past, but I, I want to talk through it again. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But as we discussed, that statement taken out of context of what he says in the previous sentences is actually not nearly as powerful He says that in the context of saying, I have learned in plenty and in want, in excess, in poverty, in happiness, in grief, and goes on to list a bunch of scenarios. I'm just kind of listing things off. Ultimately, he says, because I learned, therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Part of a halftime is going back and looking 
at what's taken place up until that point, right? It's the assessment. We are learned beings. God is not. We are given a process to learn, I would suggest, because when we accept Christ and become new creations, there is still a process where our spirit is completely restored. The rest of us has a alignment process to bring us up to speed with what, what Jesus has done, right? I've been saved, I'm being saved, will be saved kind of philosophy. If that's, if that's a very large concept for you, ultimately, I was an old creation, I am a new creation, I don't have a sin nature anymore, but depending on when you got saved, you might have a lot of bad habits and behaviors that you basically have to break the mold and go from glory to glory to assimilate to be more like Jesus. Does that make more sense? Being a learned being, I have process to then learn these things and become more like Jesus. God does not need to learn in order to grow. He already is everything. Does that make sense? He's not cause causative is that that's probably not the right word he he doesn't function from cause and reaction he doesn't build upon knowledge he is whereas we actually have to develop a capacity and process that through that process we learn and um it's important because this this halftime is allowing us to assess what i believe specifically is the last 3 years how have we dealt with circumstances? How have we dealt with turmoil? How have we dealt with death? How have we dealt with politics? How have we dealt with our neighbors? How have we dealt with the world around us with a kingdom perspective versus a flesh perspective? And it's not a place of condemnation or shame, but it is a very real, intimate, like think if you've if you've played sports or done anything that has a halftime, it's a place of privacy where you get to go back with your coach and discuss how am I how am I going to come out and do this better? How how am I going to succeed? How are we going to how are we going to get the victory? That's where we're at. We we get the opportunity in this divine moment to not be assessing new. I think we've already stepped into the new. I've talked about that, not the next, but the new. But to assess how we've been doing with it so that as we proceed, we proceed in victory. Does that make sense? Now, the part that's uncomfortable that I would like to add as my two cents on top of all this is the concept of being tough. I believe Christianity has really, really messed up in this area. And it has been rightly motivated and even maybe from the right heart, but I believe that we have traded commisery for compassion. And let me explain this. Commisery to me is I sit in someone's misery with them. I sit there and we sit there and there's not a lot of movement And it feels like everybody else just keeps getting sadder and sadder. And there's no movement. If you look in the New Testament, when Jesus is actually moved by compassion, compassion is a catalyst, not an action. 
Commiserating, I would suggest as an action, I just sit in misery. Compassion says, I see it, but I'm moving you past it. And seeing it is actually the catalyst that activates heaven's solution for it. We need to get out of commiserating with one another, and we need to be compassionate, and compassionate is not inactive. Compassion loves, but it doesn't allow you to stay in the way that it finds you. Amen? Why is this important? Because people, we need to get tougher. We need to be tough. I speak about a stage in my life um, in past episodes that was not too long ago. It was in 2020, 2021, um, was in severe chronic sustained pain for over a year. Uh, not a doctor could solve it. There was no diagnosis. I mean, there was multiple diagnoses, ultimately ending with trigeminal neuralgia, which if you go look it up, is like a horrible diagnosis um, of nerve pain that just doesn't go away. I trialed and error everything. I did not just sit in pain I tried acupuncture. I tried diet changes. I tried juicing. I tried different workout regimens. I tried, um, man, what didn't I try? I saw ENTs and neurologists and, and every last specialist on earth that could potentially help me figure out what was going on. Dentists, like you name it, if you're saying it at the radio, right? Yeah, I tried it. I was still in systemic pain. And Thank you, God, for having me be married to the man that I am because he refused to commiserate. And even when it felt not kind, I can look back and realize that he was moved by compassion to make sure I didn't stay somewhere that God didn't intend me to live. Sometimes when we're in pain, we want to be coddled. When ultimately, we need to not being we need to be tough and not pay attention to the pain so that we can move forward and do not hear what i am not saying obviously there are circumstances in life that are not going to apply to this but i'm saying that there are a lot of circumstances that do apply to this that the church has handled incorrectly out of the name of an incorrect form of compassion And part of the reason you're not seeing boldness, you're not seeing courage, you're not seeing toughness is because we haven't taught one another to do this. We don't know what it is to stand and keep standing because when we get uncomfortable, we want to sit down and be coddled. Quite frankly, friends, it's not something to get nervous or fearful about moving into times that will be characterized by great darkness. Revelation just gave us circumstances and situations. It didn't say that we were going to succumb to them. It said in the midst of this, the church would rise victorious. The church would be a light. The church would be a city on a hill. You would move in signs and wonders. The revelation of Jesus Christ would be manifold and manifest. That's something to get excited about. That is something to get excited about. And for people to see that, you need to get tough. I need to get tough. We can't be swayed in the wind. We can't be knocked down by waves. We can't be taken out by media broadcasts. We can't be in fear over a politician or a pandemic. 
You're crazy to think that we've seen the last of these things. You're crazy to think there's not an enemy that doesn't think that he did a really good job with instilling fear the last time around. You're in halftime. What have you learned? Where do you need to toughen up? How can you assess how you responded or reacted to the last three years? How can you be humble enough to say, I should have done this better. I can do this better with God next time. Where have you not put in reps that God's asking you to build strength? What I mean by that is if anybody listening has done any type of physical training, your reps matter, right? Like I'm getting back into strength training to build muscle again. And the cool thing about that is that pain is actually not an indicator of of problem. Pain's an indicator of progress. It means my muscles are getting broken down and regenerating, right? Like I I am building new fibers, I'm getting stronger and the pain actually uh points to productivity. Part of being tough is recognizing that that when you put in the reps, when you decide I'm going to start praying, Even when you don't want to pray or you don't think you hear God, you keep doing it because you stand in the truth that God says that you should pray and intercede and that he will listen to you. You keep hanging your hat on the fact that God says this is true, no matter if it's uncomfortable, something you don't want to do, or not a part of your routine yet. Because if you don't do the reps, you don't get strong. At halftime, you can tell who's put in their reps. You know who's going to get the ball. You know who to trust. And I'm suggesting in this divine halftime, you are being given the opportunity to go back and assess with God over the last three years how you can be prepared to move into this year and the years to come in victory in strength, in faith, in in ways that you will not be reactionary to the world, but you will be responsive to the solutions and truth of the kingdom. Don't you want to be like that? I want to be like that. Twenty twenty four is going to be one of the greatest opportunities for those of us that are willing to listen in this next 30 to 40 days to align with what God's doing and to trust him. So here's applicable steps to how you can do that. I know I've used some metaphors, but this is what I'm going to do. You can't have a rhythm without a routine, right? Like structure is something that uh, we need to be productive. And I'm not saying that productivity is something that's going to get you into the good graces of God, but being obedient, being prepared, being wise, being a good steward, these are all components of being productive. You can be super busy without being productive, but productivity in the way that I'm talking about it right now is find out with the Lord what he wants you doing and be consistent. Sit down and go over the last three years. Go over relationships, 
go over practices, go after commitments, and dreams. And when I say dreams, that could be, I wanted a promotion. I'm looking for a new job. Um, I want my marriage to be stronger, my kids to be healthier, whatever. Those are your dreams. Write this down and then ask the Lord what his priority is. And be willing to trash anything that you believed was important if God's got something better. Nobody learns without humility. In order to be adjusted, you must be humble and malleable. After you have a list of priorities, ask the Lord, what does my weekly routine look like? I've asked him, Lord, what when do you when do you want to pray with me? Like I've always prayed generally like right after my kids go to school. You know what? I heard the Lord say, I want you to be ready to pray with me at like four o'clock in the morning. Be completely honest with you, I don't want to. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not you, Lord. And after a few really funny ways that God confirms himself, namely through a book I was reading that talked about the morning hours being God's chosen hours. Um, I was like, okay, 4 a.m. This is going to be interesting. He actually woke me up this morning. I didn't do it. So just being real with you, that is the time in my week that I'm going to be praying with the Lord because he asked me to, not because I understand it. What other parts? For me, working out. Your body, your temple, is important. How you treat your body actually matters in the kingdom. And you don't need to go all crazy with some healthcare plan that is completely unattainable. Again, ask the Lord. Does God want to take a walk with you every other day? Does God want you doing more strenuous physical training? Does he want you to train for a marathon? Everybody's life's going to be different. But I do believe that a prayer component and your physical body components are two things to what God wants to work on with your routine and rhythm in this coming 30 to 40 days as we move into 2024. Finally, what's fun? What brings you joy? Leading up to this new year, I was in Breckenridge with my husband. It was amazing. And I was looking for, you know, this great God moment. I talked about it in a different podcast. And ultimately, the Lord told me basically to have fun, to enjoy life. That I believe a lot of us have, have again, rightly motivated in desire of revival, in desire of progress, in desire of seeing our nation, if you're a U.S. citizen, come, come back to unity. We, we've wanted to see productivity and we've lost sight of the childlike wonder and fun of God. I really believe that next to physical body care, prayer life, that's relationship with God, that he wants to instill joy. He wants us to be practicing enjoyment. What it is to love this life, love the world around us, love our kids, love our spouse, our families, our friends, our neighbors. That's important to him. So God, what does it look like to enjoy on a weekly or monthly basis. He has me planning vacations. It seems small, but sometimes the halftime adjustments when you've been doing something one way for so long are actually exactly what you need 
to step into the victory the coach has already prepared. We're prepared for victory. 2024 is a year of victory. You've heard a year of open doors. You've heard a year of comeback opportunities. These aren't fluffy words and they aren't um, like Disney dream hope. This is the word of God. I want to read Psalm 24 to you because I have really felt this on this coming year. It's been something I've been praying into for a few years now, but I didn't realize Psalm 24 would be for 2024 until um, maybe a week ago. So wherever you're at, if you are sitting somewhere, close your eyes and get into receive mode. What that means is you put yourself in a posture that whether it's uncomfortable or you understand it, you close your eyes and you put your hands out expecting something from God, expecting revelation, expecting presence. It is a posture that says, Lord, I'm here for what you have for me. If you're driving, I just speak that that's the posture that your heart's your heart is currently in right now. All right, Psalm 24. Holy Spirit, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? He is the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. 2024 is starting out with this divine halftime to reassess, recount, align, and get out on the court for victory. Part of that is when you re-enter, you come in with the posture of a victor, not a victim. You come up with your, your head lifted up. You become the gate, the revealer of Jesus. After this position of alignment, we re-enter into 2024 the actual gates and doors that reveal the glory of King Jesus. No matter what circumstances, no matter what election, no matter what media story, no matter what attempt of the enemy, no matter what distraction takes place, you don't take your eyes off of Jesus. You don't lower your head and you come in to reveal the King of glory. 
That's the opportunity that we have. The opportunity to be in such relationship with the Lord that our very lives reveal him. Friends, get excited. Be intentional. Use these application steps to spend the next 30 to 40 days with the Lord, figuring out what it is you have learned and how it is he wants you to proceed, what posture he wants to give you, what pieces of your identity he wants to reveal, what plans and purposes that he has for you that are unique to anybody else in the world. Again, part of halftime is assessing and aligning and then having the team go back out on the court, right? Each person, each position is unique. While it takes the entire body to function, each person has a different part to play in it. That's the other cool part is you get to know God. The person who knows you better than any other person on earth, the person who molded and created you, as you get to know him. He's made known through you in a way that is unique only to your design, and you get to know who you are and who you were meant to be in Jesus. His presence is so powerful. It's been suggested that I would edit out the pauses, and I refuse to. Because a pause for his presence is sacred. Silence can be worshipped too. That one was for free. (laughs) I want to pray for all of you. Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for everything that you've done, Jesus, for for the plans and purposes that were put into action millennia ago. Lord, that I can wake up each morning being clothed in strength and dignity so that I can laugh at the days to come. That that would be an individual prayer for every single person listening right now. Proverbs 31, 25. That we are clothed with strength and dignity that we may laugh at the days to come. And I don't mean to laugh at the circumstances that are to come, but that we enter into the day with joy. We enter into the day with laughter, being unfazed by circumstances because we are so rooted in kingdom identity. 
Holy Spirit, we need to get tough. You call us to be bold and courageous. We enter in willingly to your training ground this next 30 to 40 days. In places where we need to be told to toughen up, where we need to put in the reps, where we need to have a routine and a rhythm, Holy Spirit, give us the unction to agree with you and to be intentional and consistent. Build your kingdom. Build your people. Make us credible to the world around us. Your disciples and your apostles were incredible examples. Make us to be a people that don't fear death, that don't fear cost, that know you so intimately, Jesus, that everything and all things are worth it. We want to be the answers to what this world needs as it groans for the new creation, as it groans for the sons and daughters to be revealed. Reveal us. Let perseverance take its full time. Give us the the endurance needed for maturity and open our eyes to the understanding that it is not you causing anything, but that you are wise enough and good enough to use it all for good and that we would come out on the other side really really tough. Tough in spirit, tough in soul, and tough in body that when we stand and we've done everything to stand, that we just keep standing. Thank you for this year, God. We look forward to you showing up and showing off. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.